I was fishing this past week and had the, yes, exciting, uh, got uh, Edie, uh, was gracious enough to uh, uh, let me have a few days away and uh, met uh, her brother-in-law and we fished uh, in the Smoky Mountains, which if you don't know, that's what I love to do. And so I got away, I went fishing. It was wonderful, uh, wonderful week um, and uh, wonderful time. Uh, as I was driving back yesterday, I was uh, making my way, and I took the southerly route from uh, the Smokies to uh, Norfolk. The southerly, southerly route takes you through Asheville, North Carolina, and then uh, on uh, uh, Winston-Salem, and then north up to South Hill, and South Hill on 58 over to uh, Suffolk, Chesapeake, uh, where I stopped. I didn't come all the way to Norfolk because I live in Chesapeake. So uh, as we're making our way, uh, as I'm making my way, I, I talked to Edie, and, and uh, uh, then my dad called. And it was a wonderful time because dad is usually uh, busy, and I'm usually busy, but we had an opportunity. He was driving uh, from Dallas-Fort Worth down to Round Rock, Texas. He was going to go preach at Round Rock, which is near Austin, uh, and I was driving uh, to Norfolk, so we had uh, this drive time. And uh, so we, we called and we were talking on the phone, had a great conversation and uh, talked him all the way through Salado uh, on into uh, uh, near Austin and he was getting ready to stop and, uh, when we said goodbye. On the way, I was driving uh, from Asheville, I was going, uh, once you get on the other side of Asheville, uh, the Norfolk side of Asheville, uh, you have to go through the Pisgah National Forest. And so I, I was driving through the Pisgah National Forest. And I called Dad and I, while we were talking. I said, I said, I'm getting ready to go through the Pisgah National Forest. I may lose you on the turns and in the mountains and that kind of thing. And, and he said, oh, that reminds me. And, and I, I, was all, I was arrested by his excitement to tell the story he was about to tell. So he said, oh, that excites me. I said, well, what excites you? He said, he said, I remembered you driving through Pisgah National Forest reminded me uh, of many years ago uh, when he and his brother and his mom and dad, my nanny and papa, uh, they were driving through the Pisgah National Forest to go see uh, Uncle Mac and Aunt Alma. Uncle Mac and Aunt Alma. That was uh, my dad's father, my papa. It was Papa's uncle. And so they were on their way to do that. They were riding in a 52 or a 53 Oldsmobile. Uh, and uh, they didn't have air conditioning, so they had the windows rolled down. And they were making that journey and driving through the Pisgah National Forest in western North Carolina. They made their way uh, to uh, the, the home place of Aunt uh, Alma and Uncle Mac. As they're driving up the driveway with the windows rolled down, Dad said... As a 10-year-old boy, he said, I remember hearing Uncle Mac's voice. Now, Uncle Mac was a, a, a tall man, a big man, uh, and he had a very distinctive, uh, uh, burly voice. And he said, Dad said, I remember hearing Uncle Mac say, Alma, Alma, they're here, they're here. And he said, Dad said, that that caught his attention because it wasn't just uh, the family has showed up and we've got to do our duty and make sure they're okay. It was a genuine excitement. 
and the warmth of welcome as they drive up close to the house. Uncle Mac is out there, Alma, come on! Alma, come on! And they welcome the family. And, and it was more than just their duty, it was their delight. Today, God welcomes you into his presence. And it, it, not into this building, not, not into this room, but into his presence. As we gather together as the people of God, brought together through faith in Christ, united together by the Spirit of God, we are here and God, with that distinctive voice, says, you're here, you're here. More than, more than just the covenant he has made with us to meet with us, more than duty to meet with us, it is God's delight, it is his pleasure to take company with us. It is his delight, it is his pleasure to gather together with us. He says, you're here. And he welcomes us. And that voice speaks to us. His voice speaks to us. As we open his word, let's listen to what he says. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to read verses 14 through 17, but we're really going to lean in to verses 16 and 17. And while you're turning there, let me just catch you up to what we're doing. We're going through these, these uh, series of, 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 of DNA distinctives. These are the things that make First Norfolk who we are. Uh, we've looked at our vision and our mission and our purpose. We've looked at, we've looked at uh, the values that we have, and we're continuing looking at those values. We've looked at, at, at God's glory, expressing honor to God as... Uh, in every area of our life. That's God's glory. That's something we value here. Uh, Christ's love. Experiencing Christ's love as, our, as life's greatest delight. That's something we value at First Norfolk. Now, last week we looked at authentic relationships, serving people with the sacrificial love of Jesus. That's, that's something we value. Today we're looking at biblical truth. And... As God speaks, his voice welcomes us as we take his word and as we read it. Now, listen and read along as I read from God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. Paul, writing to Timothy, says, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from, you, from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we look here, that kind of bring you up to speed on the context. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. And Timothy is a younger pastor of a church in Ephesus, and, 
and Timothy was struggling. This is the second letter that Paul wrote. Timothy was struggling because there were false teachers that were, that were teaching. Now, y'all know what false teachers are. False teachers are those who teach stuff that we don't believe. It's a false teacher. A false teacher is one who teaches uh, wrong theology. That's a false teacher. A false teacher is one who, who lays a foundation upon which he calls us to live that's a weak foundation, a wrong foundation. Now, that's a false teacher, and certainly Timothy was dealing with false teachers who were surrounding the church and infiltrated the church. Here's the question. Um, Who is the false teacher that we listen to the most? And the answer to that question is ourselves. Yeah, we listen to a false teacher. And that false teacher is ourselves. Now, now, some of us may be influenced by other false teachers, but instead of going around heresy hunting, why don't we just take a moment and evaluate the false teaching that we embrace, that we teach ourselves. See, when it comes down to it, we're going to listen to somebody. And most of the time, we listen to ourselves. And when we start listening to ourselves as the rule for living, that's when we start getting in trouble because we're, we're not experts on that. And we get into trouble because that's not the way God has designed us. So what we're looking at today is we're looking at this value, and the value is we treasure God's Word as the rule for life and faith. Now, what that means, it's not a unique statement. If, if you've been a Southern Baptist for very long, you, you've heard something like that before. It's, it's, we believe in the inerrant, infallible Word of God, which is the rule for life and faith. Uh, doctrine and practice, I think, is the official language of the Southern Baptists. Now, uh, that, it's not a unique statement, but it is fundamental to who we are as a church and who we are as followers of Christ. It is fundamental to, to how we live our lives. You're going to build your life on something. And it's either going to be something that's shaky or something that's strong. There is only one thing that is strong enough to carry the weight and load of a successful, strong, healthy, happy life. And it is not my opinion. There's only one thing strong enough to hold us up when life gets tough and circumstances get stinky. There's only one foundation that is sufficient for every aspect of life. And that is the voice of of God, speaking through God's Word. You see, that is what the Bible is. The Bible is the voice of God, and that's why we treasure it. We treasure it not because it has good advice, not because it says neat things, not because it's a good ancient textbook that, that, that had some relevance at some point in time. No, we treasure the Bible because it is literally the voice of God, all Scripture, Every part, Genesis to Revelation, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. By inspiration of God. What does that mean? Well, it does not mean, I'll tell you what it does not mean. It does not mean that Scripture is inspiring. It is inspiring. It certainly is. But that's not what Paul's talking about here. The Greek term, and let me just throw it out. I've got to throw one out every now and then, is the Theonoustos, literally, God breathed. 
It's literally. We have Genesis to Revelation and all the words on all the pages in between. This is God-breathed words. It's that distinctive, powerful, life-changing voice of God speaking here and now through his word. We treasure the Bible and, and, and count it as our rule for life and faith because this is God speaking. This is not the opinion of individuals who have uh, little to no perspective on how to live life. This is God speaking. The creator of the cosmos, the rescuer of my soul, this is God speaking. You open the pages of God's word, it's not written by men, it's written by God. This is the voice of God. This is why we treasure it. The Bible is literally the voice of God. Thomas Watson, old preacher, like, like way old, 1600s old. Uh, Thomas Watson said it this way. He said, when the word calls, it's as if heaven speaks. Yes. You open God's word, any page within the leather bound. And you will find God's voice. God's voice welcoming us to a life that is full, that a life that is strong, that a life to a life that is complete. God the creator. So here we are today. Why should we treasure God's word? And treasure it so much that it becomes the rule for our life and faith. We treasure God's word as we treasure, as we would treasure the words of a king. Trembling in reverence and at his ultimate authority. God is the king. And we should tremble at his voice. And before his ultimate authority. Why should we tremble? Why should we treasure the Bible as the voice of God? The same way we would treasure the voice of our beloved the one who has loved us perfectly and absolutely. The one who has loved us without, without failing in any way. The one who has loved us sacrificially. The one, who, the one who shows us what love is really like. The one whom we love. The one who has saved our soul from hell. The one who has given us life in all of its fullness. The one who has poured his spirit into us. This is the one we love. The one who loves us best and most and perfectly. The one that we love the best. Why do we treasure the Bible? Because it is the voice of our beloved. Whom we long to please and passionately pursue. And when the voice of our beloved speaks, we listen. When Edie speaks, I listen. You know what I'm talking about? The best of me. I stop everything. I say, now, now tell me. She gets a little frustrated because my hearing is not the best. And I'm not even talking about selective hearing. My hearing is really not the best. There are certain tones that I don't hear very well. So she'll say something. I say, what did you say? She said, never mind. 
You want to know why? After a while, she, she thinks, I'm not listening. What does that say to the people that we love if we're not listening to what they're saying? When they tell us something, we don't pay attention. Listen, we, we treasure God's word because it is the voice of God speaking and he is our beloved and we want to listen to him. We treasure God's word because this is the voice of the king and when he speaks, we want to follow what he says. We treasure the Bible as the voice of God because this is absolute truth. In a world of mushy convictions and Varied opinions all over the place on how to do life and, 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 and how to make your life great and all that kind of silliness. We, we have all these ideas out there, but none of them are absolute truth except God's word. God's voice is absolute truth. He tells us the way life really is and how we should live in it. This is the Bible and God speaks to us and with his voice he says welcome I want to give you a life that is strong and stable Jesus said it this way he said if you listen to the voice of God he who hears my words and does them if you listen to the voice of God then you're going to be like a person who builds his house on a solid rock and no matter what winds come, and no matter what rains fall, and no matter what floods rise, no matter the circumstances, because you've listened to the voice of God, because you've treasured the voice of God, you will have a house that stands strong. But if you hear the voice of God and you neglect it, ignore it, reject it, You don't treasure God's word. Then you're going to be like the person who builds his house on a shaky foundation, on sand. And when the rains come, and when the, uh, uh, when the wind blows, and when the floods rise, that house will not stand because it was built on something shaky. There is only one voice that can lead us to a strong foundation, and that is God's voice. Not your voice, not my voice, not the guru's voice, not the smartest man in the universe's voice. None of us can lead us to a strong foundation in life. It must be the voice of God. Whose voice are you listening to? We listen to the voice of God because he is our king. He is our beloved. He tells us the truth, and he tells us the truth in love. No one has loved you better. No one will ever love you more. This is God speaking. Hear his voice and obey. God speaks through his word, and he speaks to you and to me right now. What do you hear him say? We treasure the Bible, because it is the voice of God speaking to us. And, and, and the Bible uh, gives us the plumb line for life. It is, it is the voice of God that, that provides for us the plumb line for life. Paul said it this way. He said, uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is beneficial for doctrine. Now, doctrine is, uh, we look at that, what is doctrine? The Greek word, uh, didaskalia, it simply means uh, teaching that conforms to the will of God. Whenever that term is used in the New Testament, it means teaching that 
conforms, reflects, mirrors the will of God. It is the plumb line for life. Y'all know what a plumb line is. Plumb lines are not that complicated. They've been in use uh, since uh, uh, B.C. time, not A.D. time, ancient Egypt. They used a plumb line. A plumb line is where you take a string, you put a weight at the end of the string, and you can hold it up, and when it settles down, and if this doesn't move, my hand doesn't move, uh, nail it on a wall, it will give you a true vertical. It will show you exactly what is vertical. More than that, uh, they've discovered that if you put this plumb line up against an object, it will show you the center of gravity. It, it will show you the place where that, that object is most in balance. God's Word is the plumb line for life. God's Word tells us how that we can live rightly in relationship to God. It gives us the standard by which we live in right relationship with God. The Bible tells us God's will. His voice speaks and He says, hey, listen... Here's what I want. And when God speaks, then we listen and it shows us how that we can not only live in right relationship with God, but how that we can experience stability in our life. Where where our lives are in balance with what God wants, that is a life that is strong. That's a life that's built on the rock. So when Paul writes, he says that the Bible is breathed out by God, and it's beneficial for doctrine. He's saying, it's going to show you how to live. There is no one else, and there is no other document that can make that claim and pull through. God's word, his voice speaking, this is what gives us the plumb line. Now, here's the problem. The plumb line also means that there are times when I... Don't line up with the plumb line. There are times when I get out of sync and out of balance with God's will. There there are times when I'm going to um, uh, move uh, and listen to the wrong voice. Not the one true voice. Listen to another voice, whether it's mine or yours or someone else's. There's going to be a day when I do that. By the way, that day is pretty regular for me. If God's word is the standard, the plumb line, disobeying that plumb line, ignoring that plumb line, moving outside the bounds of that plumb line, that is called sin. Who in here has never sinned? Don't raise your hand. Of course, we've we've sinned. And because we've sinned, The Bible becomes our course corrector. The Bible is the plumb line for life, but then the Bible becomes our course corrector, showing us where we got it wrong and how we can get it right. That's uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is beneficial for doctrine, plumb line, for reproof, that's where we got it wrong, and for correction, that's how we get it right. I want you to see this because this is powerful. The voice of God tells us the truth about our life. He tells us through his word when we get it wrong. We need that. I need that. Don't you? 
When we hold the Word of God up to our life, it shows the specks and the blemishes on our character. I know in my own experience and uh, an old adage from preachers of days past, sin will keep you from the Bible or the Bible will keep you from sin. And I neglect God's word when I don't want to see my sin. Because it has this function. If, I'm, if I move beyond the plumb line, if I'm not living true north in relationship with God, if, if, I'm, if I'm outside the realm of obeying God's will or pursuing God's will, then I'm on shaky ground and God in a loving way wants to rebuke me of that. So his voice speaks and he says, Eric, here's where you're going wrong. So that the word of God becomes a light unto my path. It shows me the true path and how I'm not on that path. It shows me when I sin against God and against others. And and that's why I try to hide God's word in my heart so that I might not sin against them. Look, you can live life any way you want to live it, but it's not the best way to live life. You can. I mean, you've got absolute freedom to do whatever you want to do with your life. Live any way you want to. Have any bad attitude you want to have. But, but that is not the best way. That's not the life that leads to a strong and solid foundation. That's, that's not a strong life or a healthy life or a centered life. That, that, that's not a life that, that God intends for us to live. He wants us to experience the best in life. So he gives us his word to show us the plumb line, to correct us, to show us where we got it wrong. But, but then he also gives us his word to show us how to get it right. God's word doesn't leave us, leave us in the misery of our mistakes. God's word doesn't leave us with just the condemnation of our failures. God's word gives us the process to make things right, to return to the plumb line. All through God's grace, through person of Jesus Christ, we have the opportunity now to to come before Jesus who is our advocate. And when we fail to follow the plumb line that God has given, when we sin, and we've all sinned, when we sin, Jesus remains our advocate and we can come to him and say, God, this is what your voice is telling me that I've done wrong, that I've, that I've, how I've violated your, your will. And so God, today I confess that and I turn from it and Jesus, our advocate, provides forgiveness and restoration for us so that we return to the plumb line. Oh my soul, what a gift that is. God's word gives us course correction. As I was driving back from Tennessee yesterday, I was uh, on an old, uh, no, no, I was on, uh, actually it was Dolly Parton Highway, uh, which is a two-lane highway at some points uh, there in the hills of East Tennessee. And so I was driving along Dolly Parton Highway, and it's interesting what you see uh, as you're driving. Traffic was pretty bad in Pigeon Forge and Sevierville and and all there, and so there were people who were in a hurry. They got in a hurry. One guy in front of me was weaving in and out of traffic trying to get ahead. Now, he probably gained 30 seconds of time. But he put everybody on the road's life at risk. It's an interesting thing, peculiar thing that you have on, on roads, most roads and highways. Peculiar. I, I just, um, it's a double yellow line. 
And for those of you who don't know, a double yellow line means do not cross. Don't get into the other lane of traffic. And, and that's, that's what this cat was doing. He was just ignoring the double yellow lines, the do not pass line, lanes. He, he was getting in that other lane and putting everybody at risk. And, and my prayer was that a policeman would see him. Because if a policeman saw him, that policeman would pull him over and give him a ticket. And then he would have to go before the court and he would be guilty. But hopefully they would give him an opportunity to get edumacated about driving. And let him go to a driving course where he would learn how it is not safe or right to uh, pass that double yellow line. Now, we all need that, and that's what the Bible does for us. See, the double yellow line, that's doctrine. The double yellow line, that's, that's the plumb line. Don't cross it. If you cross it, it's going to end up in tragedy for us. But God in his grace provides the ticket where the policeman comes along and he says, you broke the rule, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a ticket. And, and it's a summons. They're going to, you're going to have to be pre- uh, presented at the court. And, and you broke the rule, and that's reproof. It's the penalty for crossing the double yellow line. But more than that, hopefully it gives me an opportunity to take defensive driving or whatever driver education course that I could take to alleviate the pain of the penalty, the rebuke or reproof, and experience uh, an education on how to drive better. That's, That's the correction. This is how God's voice begins to speak. He doesn't want to just condemn us. He wants to lead us to a course correction. He gives us the pattern, the plumb line for a life that is built upon a solid foundation, a life that is full and complete. He welcomes us to that full and complete life. He gives us his plumb line. And when we violate that plumb line, he gives us the rebuke in his word. His voice says, Eric, you've done that wrong. Eric, you're off course. Eric, you need to get right. And maybe... Even now, you hear that voice, the voice of the king, the voice of our beloved, speaking to you through his word. And you feel the rebuke in your heart. How you've been living by the wrong plumb line. You've been listening to the wrong voice. You've been been following your heart. No! Never! Any meme. On social media that says, follow your heart. I'm just going to follow my heart. All I want to do is follow my heart. You're listening to the wrong voice. A false teacher. Your heart. The prophet Jeremiah said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Listen to the wrong voices, whether it's your emotions or your reason or your will, and and you get off course, but but God in his love and his grace rebukes that. He says, you've done wrong. This is where you're off course, but here's how you can get it right. His voice continues to speak lovingly and daily. Not only is he the Bible uh, our course corrector, but the Bible is also our tutor for everyday living. God speaks. His voice resounds in our heart today through his word. 
And as he speaks, he gives us the plumb line and the course correction. But then he says, I'm going to give you a tutor that will be with you every single day. And that's training in righteousness. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is beneficial for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. What is this training in righteousness? Well, the term training is is a term for a tutor. Now, a tutor in our day and time is someone that you hire for a set period of time to get you through Algebra 2. A tutor in Paul's day was someone who lived in the house and trained the child every day for every circumstance that he would face. That's what God's Word is. See, every day we open God's Word, God speaks. And you face the maze of difficulties and circumstances that are, are, are challenging. You, you face the decisions that, that, that seem like a fog. And, and you na- need clarity. You need wisdom. You need direction. Open God's word for he speaks as our tutor to lead us to the right way of life. That's righteousness. Righteousness is the right way of life. Again, you can live life any way you want to live it, but the right way of life will only come when we listen to the voice of God speaking through His Word. The result of this journey with the Bible, and the reason we treasure it is because it makes us completely equipped, thoroughly equipped for the good work for God's pleasure that He's given us to do. You see... God's voice speaks to equip us, to nourish our soul, to correct us when we get off course. The question is, whose voice are you going to listen to? Whose voice are you going to listen to? I just want to challenge you on a couple of things. First of all, I, I, I want to listen to the voice of God, but I need to be saturated with it. And, and, and in order for me to be saturated with God's Word, I need to be opening God's Word on a daily basis. I need to personally feed on God's Word. It is God's Word that I hide in my heart that keeps me from uh, ignoring or rejecting the plumb line. It, it is God's Word that I hide in my heart that, that helps me uh, move forward to become more like Jesus and, 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 and to build my life on a strong foundation no matter what circumstances may come my way. So <laughs> I need that daily diet. One of the ways that I help myself do that, more than just uh, getting ready for talks like this, one of the ways that I, I get ready for um, uh, the day is uh, I, I have the Bible app version on my phone. And every day I open version Bible app and I read passages of Scripture. And usually around themes, but I, I pick passages of Scripture. And, and you may see me post some of those Scriptures on, on, on uh, uh, social media. Uh, but I, I read those out of version. Now, the reason I like to do it out of version is because it's the Bible in my pocket, always in hand. I love that. But also because if you're, if you're on version, it keeps track of how many days you read God's Word in a row. I like that. I know it's unhealthy and dysfunctional for me, but I like to have big scores in that. And, and, and the truth is, I was over 100 days, 14 weeks in a row 
until one day last week. And I didn't open the YouVersion Bible app. And I had to start over at one. It about broke my heart, again, because I'm dysfunctional. It about broke my heart, but it also broke my heart because it meant that I went fishing and never opened God's Word that day. What a tragedy. See, I need God's Word to nourish my soul daily. If I'm going to build my life upon the rock, and so do you. We need that personal feeding of God's Word. We need small groups that we get together where, where we have those moments. We call them life groups here at First Norfolk. And, and I have a group of men that I meet with. Uh, and, and, and I need that small group where someone else opens the Word of God and I learn and glean from them. And, and we talk and we share and we grow together. We need to be part. And if you're not part of a life group, then find one and get plugged into one. Open God's Word together. It's not just life group, but it's, it's also with your family. Edie and I, every morning, um, take time and we open God's Word, read a devotion, read God's Word together. And that nourishes our soul so that our family is listening together to the voice of God. We need mentors in our life. We need to be a mentor to someone. There was my father and, and, and other men in my life who came alongside me as, when I was young, younger, and, and, and they, they took me by the hand and helped me learn more about reading God's Word and hearing from God and listening to the voice of God. And in response, I'm supposed to do that with someone else and, and take them along and help them understand more about reading God's Word and hearing the voice of God and living according to it. We need that mentorship. Now, finally, we need this. What we're doing here today, First Norfolk on Kinsville, First Norfolk on Volvo, we need this. This gathering. God does supernatural things when his people gather together. Again, it's not about the space. It's not about the room. It's about God's people gathered together. The Spirit of God does a unique and powerful thing in the preaching of his word. That's what the Bible teaches us. So this is an important essential in us hearing the voice of God. Today I invite you to listen to the voice of the King and treasure His voice. Listen to the voice of the King and adjust your life to fit what He says. He's given you a plumb line. Maybe even in this place He's corrected you. Maybe He's just doing some more training in your life. But today, listen to the voice of the King. He has absolute authority over everything of our lives. We, we're simply sinners who have been rescued by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, he purchased us with a price, and that means that our life is not our own. I want to listen to the king. He is God. What he says rules my life. I want to listen to his voice, the voice of the king. And listen to the voice of the beloved our beloved, our God and Father, who for, um, uh, for simply his love for us sent Jesus to die for us. He paid the ultimate price so that we might live. Jesus is the expression of the Father's amazing, abiding, absolute love. Listen to our beloved. Because you're part of his family, you love him too. 
He is your first love. Listen to his voice as he invites you to come. To come into his presence and taste the full measure of life. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Listen to the voice of God as he's spoken through his word this morning. Listen to the voice of your king, of your beloved, as he brings the plumb line of his will into your life, as he brings the rebuke over the sin of your life, as he brings the correction into your life, as he brings the daily training, will you listen to his voice? The question still remains, are you listening to a false teacher? Are you listening to your heart above God's word? Are you listening to your philosophies beyond God's word? Are you listening to a false teacher? In this moment, my prayer for us is that we would hear God welcome us. His word is speaking. His voice is to you and to me. And he says, here we are. Come to me, he says. His arms are open. He says, come to me. Come to me with your broken pieces. Come to me with your fears and your doubts. Come to me, God says. I want to give you life in its fullest measure. In these next few moments... As we worship together and respond to God's word, I invite you to come to this altar. As God has spoken to you, as as you've heard his voice, as you've leaned into his speaking to you, come to this altar and allow him to bring the plumb line of his will onto your life. Come to this altar and bring those shattered shards of, of your own life that have been broken to pieces because you haven't been living according to the plumb line and give them to God who doesn't want to just rebuke you, but he wants to, he wants to bring uh, the right into your life. He wants, to, he wants to restore you today. Come to this altar and find wholeness that he offers. Listen to his voice as he calls you to come just as you are. Oh God, in these moments, I pray that you would lead us to respond to you in obedience and in faith. We're here. Will you speak by your spirit through your word to each one of us? As we come to you in our brokenness, as we come to you in our fear, our doubt, our confusion, as we come to you, will you receive us and will you speak to us words of truth and love? so that we may live upon a solid rock. Now be glorified as we respond to you and as we worship you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray.